It is great to see you. I want to say hello right now to all of our campuses. Thanks for being with us. And also turn to your neighbor right now and say, congratulations, you came in this weather. You're super spiritual. Just let them know right now. If you're coming this weather, you're all in. Or you're from Portland, Oregon. Either one, you know, either way. Or Seattle, right, where it rains all the time. So glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us. Let's first of all give it up for those who got baptized. Congratulations. That's awesome. We also want to thank all the friends and family who came out to support someone getting baptized. Thanks for being with us. That's really cool that you did that and says a lot about your love for God and also your love for your friend and your family. So we love that. So again, thanks for being here today. Well, this is a unique service. This is a unique series we're doing. It's called Revival. And, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, God is doing something fresh across the campus, across the country right now on campuses. And so, and oftentimes revival starts with, with young people. We're seeing that happen. And, you know, there's an, an outbreak of revival happening at Asbury uh, University. And, uh, and that has now spread to other schools. In fact, I even heard that God's really moving in a powerful way right here locally at, at uh, Tamu CC, which is incredible to hear that God is moving in a powerful way. And so, isn't that great to know? I mean, we want, we want that, right? I mean, this is incredible. And so I thought... Let's talk about revival. Let's talk about what that looks like. And, and, and so, because we want revival in, in our own lives as well. And so that's really why I wanted to do this message and do this series on revival. So we're going to do things a little different today. So I just really feel led to stop and pray. I mean, the 830 service is normally our most tame service and God just kind of broke out then. I was like, okay, God's about to do something big all day. And so I really believe that. And so I just want to ask God to do something to interrupt us today. I'm not trying to manufacture anything, guys, but I just believe God wants to have his way in our lives. So let's pray right now, okay? God, thank you that we get to come before you. What a privilege it is to be in your house. God, I pray right now that you would just move amongst us, God. Do your great work right here at the broadcast campus. God, just pour down your spirit upon Rodfield today. God, do your great work in Stone Oak. God, pour down your spirit upon them. Father, just break out at Padre Island in a fresh new way. God, I pray that you would just take over Rockport Fulton. God, I pray for those online right now that your spirit would literally fill the room in which they are in watching right now. That they would know that they're not a spectator, they're in on what you're doing. God, we ask you to do what only you can do today in our hearts. Revive us, God. Awaken us. Do something fresh in us today. We need it, God. I know I do. In your name we pray. Amen. There's an old guy named Henry, lived in a small town and uh, every year they would have revival at this local Baptist church and he would just show up for revival and, uh, you know, he would just get super emotional and come down forward and give his life to God. And, but then, you know, a few weeks later, he'd be up to drinking and carousing like normal. And, and so there was some little old ladies who had been going to this Baptist church a long time and they got frustrated. They'd say, so here comes Henry again, back at revival, you know, but he never sticks to it. You know, he always backslides. And so they were a little frustrated by that, and they watched him come in, and it was revival night again. And, and uh, you know, right at the end of the message, these little ladies were kind of looking at the corner of the right going, here he goes again. And sure enough, at the very end of the service, he jumps up, and he runs forward, and he says, fill me, Lord, fill me. And an old lady jumped up and said, don't do it, Lord, he leaks. <laughs> the truth is, we all leak, don't we? Sometimes you just need that moment where God fills you and speaks to you. I was looking at the history of revivals this week, and as I looked at it, I was shocked by how many revivals that I didn't even know existed all throughout history, all, all the way back to the Old Testament, to the New Testament, and, and, then, and then all the way through up until today. There were incredible amounts of revivals. In fact, I was just looking at there was like 1729, uh, 1755, I mean, 1801, 1802, 1804, 1805. I was like, wow. So most of the revivals didn't even go, there wouldn't be two or three years between the next one. 
It was incredible. God has been doing a, a supernatural work all over the world ever since Christ came. And so and it's still happening today. And so I love the way God is doing something fresh in students' lives. I think there's a reason for that, by the way, because one of the things I was reading up on when revivals happen, and they say it almost always happens when there is moral decay in a nation. I think we're due then. Don't you believe that? I think we could use a revival. And think about that. Many of us that are a little older remember times when God was moving and, and we were on track and then maybe off track. But if you're younger and you kind of grown up in a season of moral decay, that's all you know. And so this younger generation oftentimes has less hope, which means they're more open to God moving because they desperately need it. But don't we all desperately need to see God do something new in our lives? I think we all do. I'm going to share a little story at the end of this message about when I was in college and God got a hold of me in a supernatural way. Before we do that, I want to look at some scripture today. I want to talk about a guy named Josiah. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 22. This is when God got a hold of the nation of Israel in a powerful way. There's many stories of revival all throughout the Bible. I just picked one in particular we're going to unpack today, and we're going to look at this over the next few weeks, actually. But, but today in particular, I want to dive into it. Revival literally means renewal or awakening. So today's message is called Your Awakening. I really believe this is time for us to awake. Revival also means a reviving of interest as in art, literature, or religion. A reviving of interest, in other words, in the things of God. It says in 2 Kings 22, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. That's pretty young. I couldn't even keep my room clean at eight. I can't imagine running a nation, right? He's eight years old and became king. But it says in the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent Shaphan to the temple of the Lord. Now, why did he send some guy to the temple? Well, if you read closely in the scripture, and I'm trying to paraphrase here, they went to renovate the temple. Basically, Josiah is now 26 years old. And he says, hey, we need to renovate the temple. And so he, didn't, he wasn't really looking for revival. I don't even think he really knew what that meant. But he just knew that he was responsible for the things of God and Israel. And he's like, you know what? The temple's not looking good. We need to maybe paint it, clean it up. So he said, Let's, let me send some of my guys over there to assess the situation and bring a report back about what needs to be done. And let's just, you know, it's, it's renovation time. This is like HGTV for the temple, right? Let's, let's clean it up, right? And so that was his entire plan. But isn't it interesting what God does next? And so God uses Josiah in a powerful way. But I want to point something out. He's only 26 years old. And this is a big deal because I think we oftentimes think revival begins with the saints of old, with the, the more mature believers, the, the, the older men and women of God. But that's not true at all. Revival begins with youth, with young people. So again, I'm not surprised that this king was one of the youngest kings in all of Israel's history, that God got a hold of his heart powerfully. Young people, I want to encourage you today, please lead the way. We will follow you. One thing I love about our church is that we are not afraid to let young people lead. Oh, but that can lead to mistakes. Oh, you don't think older people make mistakes? We all make mistakes, but we need to be willing to, to let the young people lead sometimes. It says in Scripture in 2 Kings 22, verse 8, Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, this is Shaphan goes over to the temple. He meets Hilkiah. Hilkiah runs the temple, right? Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. So basically, when they were digging around, they found some old scrolls, which was the word of God. And it's about to become very prominent in their lives again. Before we get to that, though, let me read one more verse. 1 Timothy 4 says this, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. So young people, today is your day. This is an opportunity for you to lead us. And we 
encourage you to do. Can we give it up for our young people? Aren't we grateful for the next generation rising up? I mean that. If you're taking notes, the first thing to know is this revival often begins with young people. And so that's how God starts it off. Now look what happens next. Verse 11. When, when the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. So basically they, they brought the, they said, hey, look what we found. We were just digging around in the back room of the temple and, and we, we, we found God's word. Check this out. And they opened the scroll and they said, could you read it? So the king says, Yo, why don't you read that to me? He begins to read it. The king stands up and he's like, what does it say? Read that again. And he literally drops to his knees and tears his clothing. What was he doing? That's saying, I repent. I am wrong. That's what you would do. Or, or when you tore your clothing, when people tore their clothing, someone died that they cared for. Basically, I'm wrecked. My life is wrecked on what's just happened. So he hears the word of God and it moves him. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people for all, and for all of Judah. Inquire about the words written in this scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger is burning against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing everything it says we must do. There's the line of the day. We have not been doing what the word of God says to do. Wow. So he has this moment when he stops and realizes I'm not honoring God. We're not honoring God. Our whole nation's not honoring God. Wouldn't this be a good time for us as God's people to recognize that our nation is not honoring God? I mean, have you paid attention? Not only, it used to be that they would tell us, you know, you know what, let live and let live. People do what they want to do. It's no big deal. Oh, and what do we do? We're like, well, that makes sense to us. You know, the Bible says to be kind and be loving. So sure, do what you want to do. We may not agree, but you can do We live in a free country, do what you want to do. But oh no, we're past that now. Now it's, you must celebrate it. Now you must celebrate the gender confusion. You must celebrate uh, all these horrible things that are happening. We, now we have children that are confused. So we've gone from trying to let you live your life to now we have to get behind it. And so we have essentially begun to compromise as a nation. I just wanna challenge you to ask that question. Do you think God is honored by how we're responding? I think the church has become wussified, to be honest. I think we're scared to death to say what we believe. We've become fearful of man. We're scared of man's opinion. But shouldn't we be more fearful of God than we are of man? I mean, right now, I feel a little alone saying this, but why should I be alone in this? We have a problem in our culture, and we need to recognize it, that we are imploding from within. But we can't expect the world to act like Christians when we as Christians aren't acting like Christians. So we have to be the ones to change. Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah, and I want to just point a scripture out. By the way, did you know that the Isaiah is the book with the most promises of God than any other book in the Bible? It has more promises to God, from God to you than any other book, and tucked in Isaiah is the scripture. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. Kind of like, that's very similar to what Josiah said. He says, what? what? Like you realize I'm not honoring God. Isaiah says something similar. He said, woe is me, I am ruined for because, because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So much like Josiah had this moment of realizing I'm not right with God and our people aren't right with God. Isaiah said the same thing, I'm not right with God. 
and our people are not right. And Isaiah was a prophet. He was supposed to be the preacher. And he said, my words are not right. And that's when it dawned on me this week as I was studying for revival. That I thought I was going to do a series on revival because you needed it. And then I realized I needed it. So I don't know if this is for you or not, but this is at least for me today. That I need God to revive me. I need to live in fear of the Lord, not fear of man. I need to honor God. That's what I signed up for. I didn't sign up to become a professional preacher. I signed up because of the conviction of God to honor him and change this world. And we got to get back to that. We have to get back to that. We're going to talk more about those promises in a minute and why, why that matters so much. So let's keep going. Verse 15. So they go, so he says, go back to the temple and find out what God's trying to say. And then they hear a prophetess speak to them. I love that, by the way. It's not the prophet, but a prophetess. God's, God's speaking powerfully through men and women, even back then. And look at the scripture. She said to them, the Lord, the God of Israel has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you, this is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the words written in the scroll that the king of Judah has read will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods. And I'm very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will burn against this place and it will not be quenched. We don't hear preaching like this today. We don't hear about this side of the truth of God. We hear about the grace of God, but what about the truth of God? And God says, I love you enough to tell you that if you go against my laws, listen, you don't break God's laws, God's laws break you. And if you look closely, we have a broken world right now because we've walked away from God's truth. And when you do that, you walk away from, from God's promises and God's, God's blessings. So I want to challenge you if you're taking notes. Number, number two is to wake up to the reality you are not fully following God. And number three is to listen to the warning of God before it is too late. Could God be warning you and me today that we either get right with God or suffer the consequences. I really believe that God is warning us and saying we are on a ledge and an edge that if we continue down this road, we will take a fall. Please do not think that you and I are so special that somehow we can skirt with with sin in our life and skirt around the disaster that comes with it. We can't. So I just want to challenge you. It's time to get right with God. Verse 19, look what happens. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord. And when you heard what I said against this city and its people, that this land would be cursed and become, a desolate, become desolate, you tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster. That's God's grace. But God's grace comes after repentance and brokenness. Did you know, I just mentioned that the book of Isaiah has the most promises of all the books in the Bible. And yet tucked away in Isaiah is Isaiah being broken, recognizing woe is me. Like I'm wrong. I'm wrecked. I'm not right with God. I need to get right with God. Did you know that the most the one chapter that is chock, with the, chock full of the most promises of God is in Psalms. It's Psalms 37. There are more promises in that one chapter than all of the chapters in the entire Bible. 
I read through it and I counted 51 promises of God in one chapter. It was amazing. I was like, wow, that's a lot. And tucked away in Psalm 37, it says this in verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. I love how it doesn't say he'll do what? Well, what what's he going to do? Well, what do you need? God, I, I need a raise. I'll do that. God, I, I need a promotion. I'll do it. God, I need you to open the door for me. I'll do it. Lord, I'm looking for the right person for my life. I'll do it. God says, I'll do it. But did you catch the first part? You first got to commit yourself fully to God. See, I'm convinced that we want so many great things in our life, but all of those promises of God are pent up because we won't commit. So we have to say, God, I'm willing to fully commit myself to you because I don't want to miss out on your promises on all the great things you have. Years ago when I was in college, back in the 1800s, <laughs> I was a sophomore in college and I transferred from a, from a Christian university to, to a state school. And uh, I did that because I wanted to be a witness. I, I really did. I mean, I, I honestly had pretty good motives to do it. And I, I entered the school and, and uh, I was having a good time. And, you know, I kind of was majoring in girls at this moment, you know, just all I really cared about. And so, you know, and I, I was dating around and I was dating good girls. I wasn't, I wasn't up to no good, nothing like that. I was honoring God, you know, in, in those particular areas. I wasn't being immoral. But one particular night I, I went to sleep and just had school like the normal the next day. But that night I had a dream and uh, it was so vivid. This is very personal. In this dream, I, some, I, I didn't even know who the girl was, but I, in my dream, I was making out with this girl in real time. I was like, oh man. And then it got really intense. And the next thing you know, clothes start coming off. And in my mind, I was going, no, 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 no. And in the dream, it was very vivid. We, we, we had sex in the dream. And I remember going, no, 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 I don't want to do this. No, 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 no. And then I woke up. And right when I woke up, I had tears in my eyes. God spoke to me. And he said, you are too casual with your purity. You're not taking it serious, the gift I gave you. It's four in the morning. I look, I'm on a bunk bed. I look below the bunk bed. My, my roommate's asleep. I crawl down. I'm in tears. I throw all my clothes. I grab my bike. And I ride down to the quad, this middle area of the school I went to. They had a fountain there. I hopped off my bike at four in the morning and I began to cry. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to take what you've given me casually. I want to honor you. And I feel like it was God warning me saying, the way you're going, this won't end well. And I'm, I'm stopping you because I love you enough to warn you. I remember crying out to God and praying, saying, God, I'm so sorry. I went back home. I got ready for class. Went to, to my classes. I was pretty tired, obviously, since I got up so early. At lunch, I saw a friend of mine named Chris. I said, hey, man. He goes, hey, what's up? You look tired. I said, it's been a crazy morning. He said, what are you talking about? I said, let me tell you what happened. And I began to tell him what happened. And he, he stopped, and he was like, are you serious? I said, I, I am. This is the craziest dream I've ever had, but I know God was speaking to me. And then he said to me, I'll see you tomorrow morning at the quad. The next morning, we both got up, and we met at 6 a.m., at the fountain and we both cried together and prayed and said, God, we're so sorry. We know you've called us to purity, to, to honor you, to, to, to a higher level of living, to holiness. We were actually both Christians trying to serve God, but, but God was raising the bar in our lives. It was such a special moment. And I would love to tell you that hundreds joined us, but it wasn't, it was just Chris and I. But my life has changed. 
so is his. You know, just a few months after that, I was invited to speak at a little Bible study with 50 to 75 students. It went pretty good, and they, they had asked me through a series of events, they said, would you, would you do this every week? I was like, oh my gosh, I'd be, I'd be so honored. I'm only 19 years old. So I began to preach at this Bible study every week, and that little Bible study went from 50 to 250 students very quickly. And that was when I kind of discovered what God had put in me to do for the rest of my life. It ruined me, it wrecked me. I'm like, I gotta do this the rest of my life. Just a few months after that, Jessica and I fell in love. I tell you that because I don't think I would have experienced the promises of God, the calling, the purpose that God drew out of me, the incredible gift of my wife that I'm still blessed to be married to all these years. I don't think I would have had those promises delivered had I have not been broken and said, God, I want to give you all of me. I don't want to be casual in my faith. And today I'm here to tell you that there's a whole wall of promises and what's holding them back in your life isn't God, it's us. Jesus would go to a town to do miracles and he would say, well, there's no one with faith here. I can't. Jesus literally said, I can't do miracles because of your lack of faith. And he would dust off his feet and go to the next town. And I believe God's telling us today, if you want to miss out on the miracles, on the promises, on the blessings of God, don't be broken. Don't repent. Don't give it all to God. But if you want to see all that God has for you, now is the time to fully commit to God. Everything we are. So whether you need it or not, I'm gonna go to the altar today and I would love for you to join me, but God, I want your best. I don't wanna miss out. I need you to revive me, God. Father, please have your way in my life right now. As we stand, if you feel led by God to join me, you can, you don't have to, but I don't wanna miss out on what God's doing right now. All of our campuses, will you throw yourself before God and say, God, I'm sorry, I've been too casual. Father, I repent of my sin. I confess my sin to you. Today, it's time to get serious with God. Maybe today it's time to say, God, I confess my sexual perversion. I confess my homosexuality. I confess my gender confusion. I confess celebrating of sin. I confess my gossiping, my backbiting. I confess my treacherous heart. I confess my anger, my resentment towards another person. I confess my prayerlessness. I confess holding, withholding the tithe. I confess being selfish. I confess being about myself and not about you, God. I confess my laziness. I confess my distracted heart. I confess my casual faith. It's time for us to get serious. Let's stand before the Lord right now. If God is speaking to you, will you confess your sin to him? We're gonna worship God right now. I can't bring revival, only you can do that. If you're willing to give your life to God, if you're willing to fully surrender, say, God, I'm tired of living it halfway, you deserve all of me. Then you come and you honor God today as we worship. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. The move of your spirit. Yes, God. Heaven break out. Yes, God, please. Come now in power. Please, God. Cover this land yes, like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Please, God. The move 
God, I've not been the pastor that you want me to be. I confess that. I want to be who you called me to be. I want your will, God. I don't want to be a big deal. I want you to be a big deal. Thank you, God, for your grace, your forgiveness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do you sense his presence? Do you sense it? Will you confess before the Lord? God wants to do so much more in each and every one of us. We have to trust him. We have to fully trust him. Acts 8, 36 is a great scripture. It says, as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water and Philip baptized him. This is called spontaneous baptism. You know, we've had baptisms where people were prepared and got ready and understand what it is all about, and they've done that. But maybe today you're like, no, 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 I just got to obey right now on the spot. Right now, we're going to open up our baptisms. You want to get baptized? Why don't I have clothing? Well, we got shorts and t-shirts for you. Just, just go get baptized. Just obey God. Maybe you just need a fresh moment, a fresh start. This is your chance. This is your time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. What is God leading you to obey him in? Just obey him right now on the spot. Don't put it off. Just obey the Lord. What is he telling you to do? Do what he's telling you to do. That's all God wants. He wants us to obey him. Give what he tells you to give. Do what he tells you to do. Forgive who he tells you to forgive. Love the unlovable person. Let go of resentment. Let go of your sin. What is God speaking to you? Just obey the Lord today. I don't know whether you need this, but I needed it. Will you obey God today? Just do what God told you to do, whatever that is today, as we continue to worship. As we're going to continue to worship, we've got some time left here, but let me just tell you, we're not closing out our service today. I'm not, there's no official closing. We're just going to worship God. And I just ask you to honor the Lord. I want to speak specifically to the person who's clutching the seat in front of him right now. What are you holding on for? You're just missing God's blessing. That's it. I'm not saying you have to come forward. That's not the point. The point is, what are you holding back? Because God wants to bless you. When we hold back, God holds back. So let's obey the Lord and do whatever he tells us to do. Obey God right now. Let's worship.
As I worship your majesty, I worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything, all that I am is yours, I worship your majesty, I worship your bowed if I close we'll just take a moment you've never given your life to Christ revival always leads to salvation for those who've never given your life to Jesus you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer it's not complicated it's not supposed to be the gospel is simple give your life to Christ he died for your sins all he waits for you to do is accept his free gift of salvation pray this prayer with me just say dear Jesus I realize I need you I believe you died for my sin and I believe you rose again please come in my heart be my Lord, be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Every head bowed, right closed. We just gave your life to Christ. Would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. You're not alone. Praise God. Their hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you, Rodfield. Praise God. Thank you, Stone Oak. Rockport Fulton. Praise God. Thank you, Padre Island. Hold your hand high. If you're online with us right now, let us know. In the text chat, just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now if you just gave your life to Christ. God is clearly moving. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to honor God. You want to get baptized? Go get baptized right now. Obey God. Do what you feel led to do. I just want to challenge you. Obey the Lord. God is taking over the service. This is not supposed to be a normal service. We want to honor God. I really don't care about a membership. I care about a movement. Let's obey God and be his people. That's what God wants. Let's be his people. Let's worship right now. Let's worship. Leave when you want. Stay as long as you want. Let's worship. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven, break.
Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down. Bow down before him. For he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down.
soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God.
good, isn't he? Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, God, that revival has begun. In Jesus' name, amen.